We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Consistency, it's something that's been, it's hurt my golf, which we'll go into more as this pods go on. I'm actually going to say me trying to be really consistent, guys, has hurt my my golf more than helped it. Lou, I bet you want consistency, don't you? You strive and dream of it, don't you? I dream about consistency pretty much every (laughs) night. (laughs) Every time I put a golf club in my hand, it's what I'm thinking of. Uh, Yeah. I think all of us amateur golfers are thinking of consistency. Yeah, I agree. It's it's, everyone wants it, don't they? Greg, you're pretty consistent, and I reckon you've worked really hard on being like as consistent as possible it's something you have really strived for isn't it yeah yeah no question and there's there's also some areas to be honest i'm consistently bad Mm. Um, you know i don't tick i tick a box but it's the wrong box no no i keep making the same mistakes but uh yes it's always the you know the eternal quest how do we get more consistent yeah, or is it? So I'm going to make my point to start because I agree consistency is important and we'll talk about what consistency really means for golfers. Um, but my point with I think consistency has hurt me over the years. Can you two guess why I might say that or not? Are you completely in no clue what I mean or what? Go on, have a get. Can you guess, Lou, what I mean by that or not? I have no clue what you mean. So, okay. In the dark. Can I guess yeah. though? Yeah, go on, Greg. Go on. I'm wondering if. You you were very consistent, therefore you didn't think outside of your own limitations. Well, your yeah. perceived limitations. Yeah, I think that's fair. So my well, it, not just that. I think what I did is I I I saw and was taught that you need to be really consistent. So I made that my goal, and I would say I am ridiculously consistent. But being consistent with hundred mile an hour clubhead speed ain't going to get me where I want to go. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But do you see what I mean? I can show you results of events I've played in with Justin Rose, Luke Donald, um, David Harrell, all Ryder Cup players, Mark Foster, European Tour players, so on and so forth. Uh, And I can show you events where I've beaten them. Okay, so there's this list. Like, my dad kept all the results. Look, oh, look, we've beaten all these players. Isn't that great? But I never won one of these events. All the guys I mentioned won one of the events. So they weren't consistently shooting level, par one over, two over, which I was, because that's what I thought golf was about. They were shooting 82, 84, missing the cut. And then the next week, they were 62, 64, 71, 66. So I was always thinking, well, if you took all our scores over 
20, 30 rounds, like I'm, we're probably going to even out, but that doesn't do you any good in the things I want to play. So my consistency actually harmed me, I think. Luke, go on. You did, did, your, did your dad also keep all of your seventh place ribbons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been dying to say it since, since he said that. <laughs> Chomping at the bit. Oh, <laughs> I got, I got this one. I got, I got it. a good just, one. <laughs> just because I talked about shanking in another pod, he, oh, he had to do that, didn't he? Hey, the wall hey. of Shortfield. <laughs> <laughs> but do you see what I mean? That's where I think for me. So I think consistency is great, but it's subject to what you want to achieve we mentioned in another pod about you greg being a bit worried to try and like dynamically move quick at the start because you're probably mm -hmm. thinking it'll affect your consistency and it might do but let's say it gives you i mean it won't do this but let's just pretend it gives you 15 yards more distance now what might happen is you might miss a cut finish 10th miss a cut miss a cut mm -hmm. finish second where financially and that without doing the maths that might be better off the missing a cut, making a cut, finish last, second to last, finishing second to last, missing a cut, finish second to last, second to last, second to last after making the cut. And I used to find in the events I played, I made nearly every cut I played in. I can't remember missing many cuts in events I wanted to play in. But if I was top tenning, like that was a good result for me because, you know, level par four over for four rounds in the events I was playing in win, that's good scores. But the winners were eight under. I, I was coming off the foot for rounds thinking i'm never shooting eight under like did they play in the same wind that i played in like how have they done that and all of the right. people i've mentioned they cracked the ball way further than me and i would say we're less consistent so i think consistency subject to what you want to achieve is great but it also can be not everything people say it needs to be so the title of the pod everybody wants consistently what does it mean what does it even mean i think that's one part of what it can mean what are the other parts? Obviously, consistency is important. Repeat, repeat, you know, hitting the same shot, Lou, isn't it? That's what you strive for. You want to take the variation out, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to kind of go back and touch on some of the things you're talking about. I was talking to, I'm not going to mention his name, but um, someone who's coached a few different players on tour. And one of the things that he told me, he said, there's a lot of tour pros out there Um afraid to make any real changes yeah 100%. afraid to try yep. anything different for fear of losing what they have uh where you know guys like me I, like i'll try anything once it doesn't really matter it, it can <laughs> get much worse so <laughs> sure you want me to do that i'll give that a shot uh, but better players um i i wonder if if that's universal where better players get to a spot and they just you know, they're, they're leery about, I mean, they're already so good. Like tour players are already the best few hundred players in the world. So why would they try to tweak something uh, and make it, make it different when they've already gotten as far as they have? I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. hundred percent. Greg's the man to talk. What Greg, what are your thoughts on that? I think <laughs> he's absolutely right. I think there's golf is such a, such a confronting slash weird sport. It's one of the few times and I've said this to other people, like no one would ever go to Michael Jordan at his peak and say, hey, let me change that technique on your jump shot, right? Yeah. Golfers, Tiger Woods done it three times. Yeah. He was possibly the best ever. Like it's, it's nuts that you would even think of changing something that is not even close to broken, yeah. right? And that's the hard part for, for pros. We always seem to be searching, particularly for some guys, I'm amazed, and we've seen this happen to a lot of guys 
searching when they already got to a place where like Martin Keimer, for example, or Westwood, they start to experiment a little bit and then they fall off and then they come back because they realize, oh, actually that one ball flight I had that, that was consistent, uh, Martin Keimer wanted to draw it. He had a little yeah, fade. Yeah. He got, can't win at Augusta with a draw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? Little fade was what got you to number one in the world. Yeah. Um, and those are the kind of decisions that pros, I guess sometimes I think we think, well, I've done this this way. I can certainly adapt to that way too. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we think we can make change and, um, it's just, uh, you, you, you sometimes it has happened to some players. You do it at the expense of the, the awesomeness that you had created for being really consistent. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark, what, when we when on. we put this podcast together, we got to go back and rewind the tape because Greg said Tiger Woods is possibly the best player ever. Possibly. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? I think he did it on purpose to see if I was paying attention. He did. I did want to Greg pick Greg up on a point, not quite the same point, but he also did say that he changed stuff. He said he changed stuff two or three times. He didn't change the right stuff, did he? If we actually, he, he changed the wrong things, didn't he? If we think Lou's just staring at Lou's like, what's he saying? There's nothing. Tiger didn't have to change anything. Maybe he should have been looking well, in other places where he could have maybe changed. Wall art, you know. I do. Maybe the big bubble of Tiger. I mean, if we talk about, let's talk about the tour players' ideas still, like Lou is saying. My experiences of the people I've worked with on tours and the tours I've been on uh, and being close to them is you do work walk on eggshells on tour. You can see coaches walking on eggshells. Like, I just think... Like this guy, this this tour player, like he's a great player, but he's not like it's not as if he's going to win this week. What is he scared of? Like, why is he not having a go at changing that at least on the range? Because they're pretty skilled athletes. You could give it a little go, little test, and then just run back to your repeatable, very useful technique that you know you could run back to tomorrow. Um, so I would agree that you do find um, a lot of tour pros that i've seen where you just think yeah they're comfortable they earn enough money they know they're not mm. going to win a major it's a bit scary to change and i get that but i also i find that frustrating as a coach i just think cool well, you could you could demo this and run away from it pretty quick and you, you would still be the same good player you are there's no question that fear plays a massive part in yeah you know w whether or not you're going to make a change or whether yeah. or not you're, you're because confidence comes from knowing what's potentially most likely going to happen. You know, yeah, that consistently, yeah. that, that ball flight. Okay. I know, you know, seven or eight times out of 10, I hit a draw. Yeah. And if you said to me, Greg, we're going to play a fade the rest of your life. I'm like, Ooh, really? Mark? Yeah. yeah. Mm, water's <laughs> yeah. on the left here. Or water's on the, I don't know. I don't like that. You know, so yeah. it's just all that history and all that time and effort you've created something. It sometimes gets very confronting for pros. 
to go, well, let's let's just jump out of the box here for a minute and try Yeah, this. well, a great story with that. You mentioned in another pod, going to see Dr. Scott Lynn, who works with Swing Catalyst Force Plates. They did some work with, um, oh, what's his name? Short hitter, plays a lot of tennis, didn't pay that caddy once. What was his My, name? Oh, uh, Matt Kucha. Kucha. Okay, Kucha didn't hit it very I that you remembered him. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't remember his name, but I could remember all the headlines. <laughs> <laughs> I spend my life on Twitter much. Um, <laughs> and um, they got him in it way further using the force plate, okay? Because he wasn't renowned for any very big guy, but didn't hit very far. And they got him hitting it, like, noticeably further. And then he hit one left. He had this, like, hook. And he hates the ball going left. Like, if the ball goes left, he just hates it. And he ran away with it. Like he ran away from the feeling within seconds. He had one shot go left and he literally panicked and ran away. And they came away like, you know, he was 15 yards further there. Like that's money. That's, that's money. He's a world-class player. 15 yards could like, that could be equal X amount of dollars or tournaments won over time. Um, and he hit one left and just, he couldn't handle it. This wasn't, I can't do that. Can't do that. What about all the other 40 that are amazing? No, I can't have a ball going left. So you you are constantly having to work, like Greg says, with what they've done through the years to get them where they are to their lofted heights that are great to challenge them. I, I get why that's tough. To challenge those beliefs that you've had from a kid um, must be tough. Um, what about general golfers, though? My, my you know, everyday golfers, that's the tour pros when it comes to consistency. What about everyday golfers? My theory for myself at the start, I used to tell that story to everyday golfers, but in a reverse way. So my goal with everyday golfers, handicapped golfers who just want to win a few medals, get their handicap down a little bit, compete, was to make them the most boring golfers on the planet. Because they would come and they would hit shots like Lucan, loads of speed, amazing miracle shots. And you'd think, cool, yeah, that's as good as, that's better than I can hit. Lose, lose, nodding. But then they can hit four shots that I think I don't even know how to hit that shot. Like, what are you doing in over there? And if you can make everyday golfers, I'd love to know what Lou thinks of this, obviously, using the data that he looks at. The more I could make everyday golfers really, really boring, if that meant taking away their top end and at the same time it raised their bottom end, so they all went into the middle. They were so much mentally happier golfers because they weren't looking for balls. They weren't having weekends where they were NRing. Do you have that in the US? NR? I record, yeah. Yeah, when no, you don't, we don't. don't, I don't think. Where uh, the, the students it's I had. by the rules in the US. Yeah, so. yeah. You don't make, you don't make <laughs> your own <laughs> rules. Is that fair to say, Lou? I mean, that's what I used to do with students. Try and make them as boring <laughs> as possible, the everyday golfers, the 12s, the 15s, nine handicappers. Yeah, that's a recipe for playing really well as an amateur yeah. player is yeah. just basically, and I, I've said no this a mistakes. million times on here, keep the ball in play, uh, minimize penalty strokes, um, just hit it relatively decent, um, sort of where you're trying to hit it to, um, and you're going to score pretty well. When when you look at the data, I, I can go through and, and you know at every handicap level, I can find rounds where players – didn't hit it great off the tee. So maybe they missed a bunch of fairways. Maybe they didn't hit it as far as they typically do, but they kept it in play on every single shot. 
They didn't hit it into penalties. They didn't hit it into the trees and need to come out sideways in a recovery situation. Um, and they hit it, you know, 80% to 90% um, of what their typical distance is. Um, they didn't, you know, top sky, anything like that. Um, those rounds typically are, they do pretty well. Um, they play, you know, boring golf. Uh, and that's how you're going, that's how you're going to score well is minimizing those huge numbers, putting a double, triple or worse on the card. It's very hard to recover from that. You know, not only is it a high number on the card, but, now it starts to put you in a position where you're having to deal with that. And some people deal with that in different ways. Some people, they spiral out of control just from the big number. Some people start to press and play more aggressive, which causes more big numbers. Um, so playing boring golf is a great way to uh, to shoot good scores as an amateur player. And, and that's some, some of my do. best rounds, some of my best rounds are when I keep it in play off yeah. the tee. Well, um, I would say you're a good example. Relatively solid, and I have an opportunity to put it around the green. Those yeah. are some of my be best rounds by far. It's not because I went out and hit 12 fairways, not even yeah. close. It's yeah. I had a swing on my next shot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I would say you're a really good example of it. I, you know, we've, we used to record our videos with a guy, Rory. He's called Rory. Um, he had similar length to me and Matt, who I record with, played off seven. Really, he was about a 10 handicapper, but with the UK system, he got down to seven because he was exactly this kind of golfer. He had a round where he shot level par because he can off like nine because he hits it 280 off the tee. But in the old system, because that was before the new system, it would take him two years to go back up to nine because you only got 0.1 per tournament. He was traveling with us loads. He weren't playing many tournaments. He played enough to keep his handicap and he'd have the odd one where he plays to it and he would just sneak up. But he was a great example. And Lou, you're the same. He can hit shots as good. Like you could put him up against Greg. And if you catch the two shots at the right time, you'd go, well, who's the better player here? Like, because he's just hit that free iron from 240 to four foot. And Greg's hit, and Greg's hit is the six foot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but the very next tee, he would top the same iron ten foot off the tee, and Greg, you'd everyone look and go, oh, the guy with the hack it out golf podcast hat on is the tall bro. Uh. <laughs> but you said getting him and that style of golfer to just only hit the middle was harder than you think because it's hard to take away from golfers that top end because they love it. They love that two eighty drive, all that three iron to two foot from 240 but you give them a move that makes their drive go about 250 and they're like oh i don't think i want that well mm, you might need that because that one's just staying in play all the time they'll, um, they'll, they'll end up with a room full of uh mark crossfield seven plates ribbons oh, <laughs> just the, the dream of it just imagine the dream <laughs> living the dream oh, I, you, and i don't you, think when Anyone you have a would... ribbon, Lou, you can show us it. Until then. Oh, <laughs> shots fired. Shots fired. Just wait until we play, the three of us together. Just wait. Wait. I will be bringing – I got a gear that you guys don't even realize exists. So yeah. just wait. 
I'm until you see me in action. To that. I tell you one thing that I hope or I wish for with amateurs that I see play is recognize when you are actually pretty consistent anyway. I've had some people occasionally want something that is, hey, you know, like uh, my dad's probably a great example. We've been playing the game for 40 odd years, played anywhere from 16 handicap to 20 handicap pretty consistently all his life, hits a 20 yard to 30 yard cut with every club in the bag. Um, loves the game, not interested in hitting a draw, just enjoys his golf. Yeah. Right? And he's not looking for how oh, I I he looks he, he looks for change in like a new driver here or there. Oh, uh, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, love that. Straight yeah. Out of my 15 garage. yards guaranteed. <laughs> does he pay for his drivers or does, does that apple not fall far from the tree? No, How's that work? <laughs> Is he a lefty as well? Is he yes. lefty? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. You posted a, a video of your dad on Twitter um, oh, yeah. a while yeah. ago. Yeah, that's right. He is a lefty. Oh, he's a good-looking rooster. My future's back. <laughs> I'm so happy. But anyway, he's, um, yeah, that's the that's the like that's that's the to me that's the what you're after. Yeah. Like someone who's just at peace with this is my ball flight, and I do it pretty good, pretty regularly. Yeah, um, and I play off sixteen and. Really, if he wanted to make gains, he'd probably have to have a good short game day, you know, yeah. like get up and down a little better, chip a little better. But uh, apart from that, he's actually really consistent. Yeah, um, that's, yeah, which is good. But, it, but I, I've had people come, you know, how do I fix this? And I'm like, dude, you play off 10 and you hit a nice little whatever, fade or draw, go with it. That's yeah. your consistent show. It's lovely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I've had students who want to hit X shape, often a draw, and they hit a you know, 10, 20-yard cut. Love to hit a draw on my driver. You get them hitting a draw with their driver, and you capture data. I've said this before on the pod, and I say, well, look, that one does go 15 yards further. That's exciting, and it's got that shape that you want. But look at the dispersion left and right on that shot. So it's up to you now. There's a tool I've given you. Like There's a new hammer, and it's stronger, so you can go and use it. But if we go out and play tomorrow and there's any trees anywhere or out of bounds, I don't want you in that shot because the dispersion on it left and right is mental. If we got on a hole that's really open and you got room, give it a whack and get it in your game, get it in your armory. We want boredom. We want – everyone knows that player at their club. They don't do much. They kind of just plot it around, and they're always there or thereabouts. One thing for amateur golfers that often resonates is – you know, the driving out of the car park fast, getting home and kicking the dog, that kind of stuff. I don't endorse any animal cruelty, obviously. But do you know what I mean? That kind of like it ruins your weekend because you've had a bad round kind of stuff. That The inconsistent golfer, like if you work all week and then you've got, you got your game, one game at the weekend and the rest of the time with your family, which I get listeners are doing that, the inconsistency will, you know, you could be out of your game within four rounds if you're one of those wild players. So working towards consistency for the everyday golfer, I think, is is really is really useful. And so for some students, it is having to unfortunately dial the, even the good ones back. It's not. It's very rarely that you can raise the bottom end and not affect the top end with an amateur. I often find if you raise the bottom end, so as in the duffs, the fats, the slices, what have you there's a compromise that has to happen. And sometimes that compromise, sometimes and quite often, it, it's a reduction in speed. I don't mean swing slower because there's no advice there. It's more a technique that makes them swing it slower just by the forces they're now putting through the club. But I look at the results of, we, you know, you do a batch of nine irons, seven irons, three woods, drivers, clubs, they hit. And I think, yeah, you're probably going to enjoy most of your weekends there. You're not going to pick up. You're going to be in yeah. each hole. And that's the fun bit. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I have a question for Greg. I'm curious how you would answer this. So when I, back when I was a a much better player, um, I had a lot of variants. Um, So I could go out and play horribly um, for, for what my index was horribly. Uh, and then sometimes the flailing bits would align right? and I could play really well. I could put a really good number on the board and, you know, you'd walk off the course and you'd go, man, this guy's, this guy can play. And you'd show up the next day and I'd put a high number on the board for what my index was. So translate that over to you, Greg, as a tour pro. And I know this is just a useless what if game. Would you want that as a tour pro? Would you want to you know, make 90% of the cuts, but always finish 20 to 40th? Or would you want to miss, you know, seven out of 10 cuts, but the three that you made, you're, you know, top fiving, top tening every time. Like those are very different experiences. Those eternal debates about like, would you rather win one time a year and miss every other cut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd rather win. Yeah, really? Yeah, I would. I really would. I'd rather see the height of that. Just get that done. Yeah, really? I'd, I'd rather see the heights of that than run 10th every week. Um, 100%. No one remembers who runs 10th every week. No. I but hated everyone, they that. They barely as remember an who's player. second. I absolutely hated that as an amateur player. Yeah, but he's player playing for slightly different things than you. I <laughs> never. The, and, and so here's where I was I'm coming sorry from. Sorry to say this, Lou, but no one knows who won the member. Do you guys. <laughs> Philly Municipal, where you for, play. Have you heard I of mean, I'm playing for shop credit, man. Shop credit is pretty important. Um, extremely important. I'll get the, um, uh, but I hated that as a, as a, uh, I hated that because I never knew who was going to show up. You always want the great player to show up, but yeah, I get, you know, I, I, I found that. myself in situations where people were like, what this guy say his handicap was like, there's yeah. no way. Uh, but you get me the next day and, and it was completely, and I hated that. I, I wanted to be that boring player that was always kind of around, never really had a, a horrific day. So I would, I would kill to have that. Um, but he's anyway. talking about years exemptions, million <laughs> yeah. pound wins, um, yeah, you know, lots and lots uh, major exemptions yeah. for X amount of years. Like it's totally different. One Is of it different wins- than shop credit? Is it? Is it, we're talking different things? <laughs> exactly the same. Like, How much exactly credit do you need to get to get in the Masters these days? I can't remember what it is. Uh, <laughs> right. it, whatever it is, uh, I'm getting close. I'm getting. I might get the special. They offered one special exemption this year to an amateur. Um, they might get two depending on how I do leading yeah. up to it. I get a few good Wednesday night leagues in before we start here. Yeah, that's interesting, uh, Greg. So you're saying the guys, the girls on tour, they they have that debate in their head and amongst the players. They're talking oh, about I've seen the, that. What- yes, well, I've definitely had these that kind of discussion. Which would you rather? Yeah. Um, and and I guess some of it comes down to both of them solving financial problems, right? On yeah. the PGA Tour, if you're running, you know, middle of the road, or if you're running first once every blue moon, yeah. You financially. Um, I'd rather there's enough highs and lows anyway. Um, I'd rather have the super high and then deal with the lows. 
uh, yeah. because the super high is a lot of fun. And it's with you forever, isn't it? I mean, that yeah, super high is just with you forever. No disrespect, yeah. but, you know, if you've been top four, well, look at the people who went to live. No, I don't like to bring live up, but like some of the uh -oh. words, yeah, I, maybe it's just some of the things they get called. And they're obviously world-class players because their decision doesn't align with other people's decisions. People just wipe what they call average careers off the board. Like they just wipe them away. I just think, well, wow. Even, even just in my little world though, Mark, if if I, I've won one time, right, on the PGA Tour, if you said to me, Greg, here's one more win, but we want to take back the equivalent in cuts made and yeah. money from the other events where you finished 20th and made 50 grand and we'll take yeah. take all that money back, and but we'll give it to you this way and you have that win. I'll take the win. Yeah. I'll, I'll absolutely oh, I get take that. the win. I get really? And even if it cost me money, I would take the win, to be honest. Yeah. I, I'd rather have that on the resume because that's like, that's what you're trying to do. Of course it is. I, you're not to win to on the PGA it. Tour uh, was just it, it must be such a special feeling. Like you say, it's it's kind of the pinnacle. It's everything you've wanted to do, isn't it? Yes, and it, and it, tick, it ticks. It, it means at the time it means so much because you quite often it is for some of us. For me personally, is lots and lots of years of well, can I? Am I good enough? There's lots of questions yeah. that had to be yeah. answered. Um, yeah. And and so yes, there's there's a lot more to it than. If I just ran 20th and, you know, from here to eternity and, and okay, great, I'd, I'd have a ton of money. Um, yeah. But I'd rather have that trophy sitting behind me, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it just, it's just cooler. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, get where, I'm I get where Lou's coming from, from an amateur standpoint. Yeah. I think what I, what I didn't understand until like the last little few years was just how much frustration people experience at an amateur level when they don't yes. have – that consistency. I didn't realize how much they live it, right? Um, because, you know, when you, do, when you do it for a living, you're like, well, of course you're frustrated. It's your, your livelihood. But people get more frustrated than I do, than I would, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's taken me a while to learn and sort of get my head around how how people's passion for the game and how, you know, like you say, go home and kick the dog because they had yeah. a bad day on the golf course. So I've just yeah. never found it at amateur level worth that. No. You must be pretty frustrated, Lou, aren't you? <laughs> I used to get extremely <laughs> frustrated, but not anymore. I I don't now you're mind. consistent. I'm I'm not, I'm consistently not frustrated. Um, <laughs> I don't mind anymore if I if I play poorly. Um, yeah, I try to to look at it as an opportunity to you know grind out a score. Um, would I love to play great golf every time I teed it up? Yeah, absolutely, sure. But um, I used to get extremely frustrated when I played poorly, and as somebody that. You know, anything could come out when I showed up that day. That was, uh, you know, it was a, a slippery slope to live on, right? You know, it must be scary. Weekends. That's scary as well, isn't it? You're turning up and you're stood on the first tee, and there's peers. You know, your peers are what people you want to impress if you're playing a certain event or watching. And there's a part of you thinking, this might not hit the planet. Is that what's going on? Like, no you're question. Like, yeah. I could go out and shoot, you know, I could go out and shoot 88, 89. How did you sleep? How did you? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. It was just... not until he got the Tiger Woods blanket. <laughs> now I sleep like a baby. That and more consistency. Yeah, absolutely. So what does consistency mean? That's the question we asked at the start of this pod. I mean, for me, I would want to be more inconsistent. I would want more variability, but I would want the top end to go up. You guys don't. Uh, no. And the bottom end just... to go down. 
I'm going to use your word. That's just rubbish. This just Is rubbish. It? There's no, yeah, you, you have never lived that. Like you don't know what that's like. You have no idea to show up and be like, I can't hit the, I can't keep it on the planet today. You don't know what that's like. So you don't want again, more of that. But by no, the I, same token though, Lou, <clears throat> maybe you don't know what it's like to be just bored out of your mind running seventh every week. Yeah. I yeah, have no so clue like, yeah. what that's like. No. no. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> he doesn't even know what you just said. Yeah, basically. I don't even know what you just said. What are you talking about? Seventh. They only pay out top three in shop credit. <laughs> I mean, if I think about the events I played in where I wanted to be less consistent to raise my top bit and most. I could have played in the Masters because I could have won the British Amateur and then you play in the Masters in the Open. Like right. that's a chance that being consistently making cuts, you turn up, you try and get your places in internationals and stuff. You do it to try and, you know, get a place. But I wasn't going there thinking I could definitely win this event. I'm thinking I'm going now if I can get top 32 or top six things to go to the match playoffs. So, so like that's, you, that's consistently good. Where yeah, all I, would of have, this, I would have totally yeah. have, have changed my up and level top level and bottom level to have a chance to have those opportunities because again like greg says all those cuts now they don't they don't mean anything now they don't mean anything so you're, you're there's a there's <laughs> right now there's a lot of word there's a lot of words coming out of your mouth right now so go on and and so here's what i here's what i'm saying I don't, I don't, ha I don't know this for a fact, but yeah. I'm going to do a deep dive. Do you got the deep oh. dive button? I'm doing a deep dive. I haven't. I'm, I'm going to do a deep dive because you can look at players and you can see how much variance a player has. So I can look yeah. at all the five handicaps and find five handicaps that have a tremendous amount of variance and five handicaps that have much. I would never you know, want to be a five range. handicap. No, I'm going to do be... this for, I'm going to do this for a number of different skill levels. And my guess is the players that have tighter variants, there's going to be no difference with their better rounds versus players with wider variants. That's my guess. But I, I don't know for a fact, but I'm going to look at that because I'm yeah. curious. I, I want to know if the, you know, the steady eddies that just kind of show up and are there all the time and never have really horrible rounds. Yeah. Do they have the same ability to go low as a, a you know, a, another five handicap? that has wider variants. I'm, I'm yeah. That's curious good, yeah, to see what that, yeah. what, what that looks just, like. Just to put some context to it, you had to be off plus two or better to want the variants that I'm talking about, which in today's money would be probably plus five, plus four. I don't care what a five handicapper does. If five handicapper comes to me, I just want them to be boring. I don't care what a free handicapper does. I don't want them variants. I just want them boring. The guy or girl who comes to me who wants to get on tour or the guy and girl who wants to win the British Amateur, I want to know what they can do top end to see what they're doing with their, you know, who they're competing against. I don't want them shooting four rounds a level par. Yeah, that gets them into the match play, but they're not going to beat the best players in the yeah, world. Yeah, so then I can look that's, at that. That's at, my at, point. That's, at tour data. I'm, yeah. I'm curious, like, at tour data, what I would see. And, and I wonder if there's a, if there's a relationship there with distance. I don't know, Greg. Are the are the bombers oh, more yeah. likely to go low out there? I mean, uh, oh, I, I think yes. so. Yeah, hundred percent. So, my really... mind thinks so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I and I and I know I play with guys, and I'm like, wow, the upside on this guy when he gets it right is pretty is high. Yeah. You know, when you see someone, they I had a young kid that was in front of me last week playing, and I got to see a few of his tee shots, and I'm like, he hasn't got it all right yet, but if he does, he'll be 
just killing it because he just crushed the ball. You know? Yeah. So that upside is, um, it's it's higher than mine. Yeah. If know? there's four par fives and he can reach mm-hmm. them all, and you can reach mm-hmm. one. Uh, you're just yeah. waiting for him to have his day, aren't you? You're not. Yeah. There's no competition there. You can't pitch it closer than he can putt it very often. That's just a yeah. game you're going to lose. I think. I, I think I, at the. Sorry, I think at the amateur level, though, guys. I think. I think a lot of amateurs. Consistency, consistency. Well, I think too. A lot of them just the the. And you would know this, obviously, Louis and Mark better than me. But it, it, just getting a consistent tee shot, ball flight, like something that you can count Repeats, on. Repeats, yeah, yeah, 100%. something. All you know, I don't day. care what it is. But just as long as it's something and a club, a three wood drive, I don't care. But something you can go, okay, this is today's. We haven't got, we haven't got our best stuff. We're going to do that. Just our boring old little fade. This um, something yeah. you can go to and and then get get through the day and have a bit of you know lowest score possible and off you go. Yeah, yeah. On that on that topic, and we've talked about this before. And there's been I've known people, and then I've had a number of people reach out to me on social media, amateur players that have shortened their driver. And every single one of them, and they've shortened it significantly, you know, two yeah. to three inches or more. And every single one of them said they had a huge uptick in consistency with their ball striking with the driver. Um, it's hard for a 12 handicap to put the center of the face on the ball with a 45 and a half inch driver. It just is. Um, and that those two, three inches or more make a big difference uh, potentially with how you're going to strike the ball. And with the data that I've looked at, simply avoiding huge problems off the tee is such, you know, Greg is dead on the money. It's such a huge first step to being able to score well. So, you know, that's something that I, I'd love to, I, I wish we had a, a you know, really in-depth study on that across a lot of players because I, I really believe that that is an avenue for a lot of amateur players to improve their consistency off the tee. Now, yeah, do I want 100%. you to be longer? Absolutely. I want you to be as long as you possibly can. But it doesn't matter how long you are when you're hitting two shots OB every round. It's just <laughs> hard to recover from that. Yeah. It just is. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, again, I said it with all my students. I, I How boring can I make you? That's what I used to say to them. Like that shot's exciting and fun, but we just need to make you as boring as possible. Um, and then you just go home each weekend feeling like you've done all right rather yeah. than having that blowout. Greg, have you ever won shop credit in, in your career? <laughs> have you ever played oh, for shop credit? Yeah, yeah. We used to have. Did oh, you get shop to... credit at Pebble this week? <laughs> I, did, I did not. Uh, I actually bought. I actually bought. I actually made a purchase uh, this week. I bought uh, some more wet weather gear. So, because mine was run its course, and I I didn't want to didn't want to get the free stuff. But yeah. um, yes, I got. Uh, did I ever tell you about the chicken run? We used to get a a chicken uh, nine hole yeah, chicken run. You did, yes. you did yeah. say that, yeah. But yeah, since you've been a professional, have you played for shop credit? Uh, as a professional, no. No, no, and I, right. to be honest, I, I feel you, bad. I wouldn't take it. I, you, you nah, have yeah. to come. Can I, can I you're going <laughs> you, to be. Like, you have to play as as my guest in, in one of my member guest events. Because no, I, so have, to put, this bit. I have, have to put. I have to give you the experience of playing for shop credit. He doesn't want <laughs> to come, Lou. Stop. Understand <laughs> what it's like. Too much pressure. Every week he asks Greg to come and play in his tournament. Every week, yeah. Please, Greg, come play with me. 
please. <laughs> I literally don't know where to look every time. If he's, if he's not asking for your Pro V1s, he's asking for you to come and play. It's so awkward, this part. Oh, Lou, I threw away like 24 Pro V1s. It was three holes old last week. Just throw them away. Unbelievable <laughs> scene. Oh, it makes me twitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Said, I'm out. Right, get rid of those. They're unlucky. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, there you go. Consistency. What does it mean for you? For me, I wanted to be more inconsistent with a little bit higher top end, but for most people listening, definitely, as I'm sure you're aware, as consistent as you can be, repeating shots, working on a repeatable shot is definitely going to get you uh, enjoying your golf more and scratching that handicap down a little bit over time. Thanks, guys, as always. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoy the pod, make sure you hit that like button and um, don't be afraid to subscribe. If you subscribe, everyone, we all win. You win. We win, don't we, guys? We all win. It's like love is just all shared. Smash the subscribe button. See you in the next episode. <laughs>